You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So, come to the site now. We've got you kind of in that off-season preparation mode. I know it's quiet around the league as teams take their break before training camp, but we've got all the good depth chart breakdowns of several teams to give you a good reality and fantasy perspective of them going into camp and that's what we're doing here on locked on fantasy football as well we're going division by division team by team giving you a complete breakdown of uh, where teams stand right now with all their situations whether it's uh, changes in personnel or new battles that we have to be aware of in a training camp and we went through the entire nfc east last week so check out those shows if you need to catch up on the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, or Redskins. But it's time to turn the page this week to the next division in order there in the NFC, the NFC North. So that means we'll start with the Chicago Bears and we'll end the week as we go through the Lions and Packers on the Minnesota Vikings. So some interesting teams to talk about here for sure. Very good division. Maybe the most wide open division in the NFL in terms of uh, most competitive teams and good offenses, of course, for us to talk about here in fantasy football. So we'll get to the fun that is the Lions, Packers, and Vikings. Oh my, a little bit later in this week, but the Bears are first. They start with a C. They're our first team here to talk about in this division. And now this team is not the typical fantasy team they are an interesting offense they can be explosive offense but not one we necessarily can completely feel great about relying on individual pieces we like the flash of some of them but consistency is the question mark and uh, that's a big part of fantasy football as well as the talent and production so we'll focus on speaking of consistency quarterback Mitchell Trubisky there had some big games last year. We know that uh, he lit up the Buccaneers. He put a lot of fantasy teams on his back in certain weeks, but there are certain weeks where he didn't do much. He was a second-year quarterback. It's not like he was hitting Patrick Mahomes as just a first-round draft mate. And those type of numbers, there were some solid numbers, but you look at it overall, his rookie season, his first under Matt Nagy, 3,223 yards passing, 24 TDs, did throw 12 interceptions, pretty solid pass rating at 95.4. And then you factor in what he did on the ground. And this is really what kind of stamped his status here. 68 carries there, 421 yards, and three more TDs. So overall, you're looking at a 27 TD, 12 interception guy. And then when you break this down there for Mitchell Trubisky, you add that 421 yards rushing there. Another uh, 42 points to go with the 3-2-2-3. The three, two, two, three. So can we see the volume going much higher for Mitchell Trubisky? In essence, this Bears team wants to throw the ball and are 
very comfortable letting Trubisky do a little bit more here after he started uh, 14 games last year, went 11-3, they win the division. So there'll be a little bit more confidence in what he can do as a passer this year, that's for sure. He's going to be feeling more comfortable in the Matt Nagy system. They're going to take the reins off a little bit. The good thing about him is pretty good offensive line was only sacked 24 times. So even with his mobility and scrambling there, Trubisky didn't uh, take a lot of lumps, as many as you would expect from a mobile quarterback. But So four, that's another thing to keep in mind that it was done in 14 games last year. So he was on that brink of getting to that 30 touchdown mark where we're really noticing or considering a QB1. So we know that the rushing can be a little bit volatile, and with the quarterbacks of Trubisky's ilk, when they're younger, they tend to run a little bit more. As they feel more comfortable in the pocket, they get less frantic and uh, throw more, with more confidence in the pocket, but that also can hurt their fantasy football value because other guys can finish drives in the red zone. They're not running as much as well. So with Trubisky, I, I think he's a borderline QB1 to me, the running they're not going to totally take that away. It was a key aspect in certain games, but he's a boomer bust week to week quarterback, and he's the perfect guy that you would stream in good matchups. We saw what he did against the Buccaneers. That game really stands out to me last season. That's the type of uh, quarterback that you're going to get from uh, Mitchell Trubisky. There's going to be some great moments, and you're going to feel good about him. He was on a hot streak at one point last season where he really felt comfortable about what he was doing. So overall, is can you trust him week in and week out? I don't think you're, he's there yet. And, and I know the comparisons are tough there with Mahomes and uh, Watson, as well as Deshaun Watson and what he does. These guys are elite fantasy football quarterbacks where you look. Mitchell Trubisky had the couple big games we mentioned there he lit up the Dolphins he lit up the Bucks that was a six touchdown game so overall he had three games with more than three passing touchdowns really the Bucks game we saw his ceiling there overall but again you're not going to get that monster game just because they're pretty balanced spread around offense there in Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky. Now we turn to running back here, and there's a big change. We know that. The Bears traded Jordan Howard away to the Eagles. So Jordan Howard, we talked about them. The Eagles and that situation with the rookie Miles Sanders and that backfield and how things may go down with Howard. Now what he leaves behind here is Terry Cohen. We, for a while there in fantasy, we were looking, oh, Terry Cohen's the man. They really want to go to his type of offense. He was the better running back anyway than Jordan Howard in terms of fantasy football production because of all the special things he did as a runner and receiver. He actually had, just on his receiving alone, 71 catches on 91 targets for 725 yards and 5 TDs and added a solid uh, 404 yards rushing with 3 TDs with a 4.5 healthy per carry average. So overall, you're looking at a running back that went right next to uh, 1,200 yards from scrimmage and eight touchdowns. And that is classic uh, RB2 territory. And you bump that up a lot more in a PPR as well. So overall, Terry Cohn, we were feeling good about him, but now we have to curb our enthusiasm 
with David Montgomery, the third-round pick from Iowa State. Now, this is a hand-picked guy by Matt Nagy. He saw a lot of Kareem Hunt in him on the field in terms of the ability to carry the load, catch passes, really help on early downs, finish drives in the red zone. David Montgomery was really a coveted draft pick. They signed him quickly. They're expecting him to have a big role. And on top of that, they also signed Mike Davis, the former Seahawk, there. And you know what Mike Davis did last year? He was very effective when he got the opportunity. Other spilling, Chris Carson are playing ahead of Rashad Penny. So overall, this backfield, you have to think of it totally different. And Cohen, I think we were excited about, but I think after Kirby's news, I was about him twice, not just in standard leagues, but in a PPR a little bit as well. I don't think you can just say, okay, he's going to be the pass catching back and we're going to be happy about his PPR value. That doesn't always work in fantasy football because you're really reliant on one aspect of their game. And I, I don't think you can do that this year with Cohen, with Montgomery in there. So when I'm looking at Montgomery, there's there's a guy that they can feature a little bit more. They want to use Tara Cohen more specialized, uh, calculated, so they don't uh, get him out on the field too much there to wear him down and keep him effective as that change of pace guy that is quick and that Darren Sproles role that's really what Terry Cohen should be and we know with Matt Nagy he wants one guy that can touch the ball consistently with a few changes of pace and I think David Montgomery gives them a little bit of everything he's not going to telegraph plays on early downs or later downs so I think they all want him to be the man and then Kind of split it up when he needs a breather in the red zone or in power situations. They put in Mike Davis in the passing situations where maybe they get behind in a game and need to get in a shootout. You'll see a lot more of Cohen in there. And Cohen in special packages, maybe sharing the backfield Montgomery, maybe being used as that third receiver. And that's going to be the little confusing thing here on this Bears backfield. But right now, I would say David Montgomery is where I'm going toward if I'm looking for RB2 value, whether it's a standard or PPR, then Terry Cohen could have some independent value. I think he falls into that borderline flex play. It's territory of Mike Davis is your insurance that you might take later in the draft, but if you've got Montgomery and Cohen, I don't know if I would go three deep in this Bears backfield with options here in 2019. But David Montgomery, good candidate there, sleeper candidate for rookie of the year. Now, before we uh, get into the wide receiver situation for the Bears, uh, have you checked out the Locked On NBA channel? That's where you can get the latest takes on NBA free agency. All you have to do is follow all the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on their Twitter feed at Locked On NBA Net. Awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency. Locked On NBA Net. We'll be right back here to continue our look at the Chicago Bears offense going into training camp. All right, we said wide receiver is the next position. That makes sense. We went through Richard Trubisky and the quarterback situation and the new running back situation led by David Montgomery. Now we look at the wide receivers here. And now the wide receivers for the Bears it looks a lot better on paper than what we have actually seen in production. They still have the same pecking orders last year. They changed everything up there. We know that. 
Matt Nagy got Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel on the open market, drafted Anthony Miller. This year they add a fourth-round pick in Riley Ridley, the brother of the Falcons, Calvin, out of Georgia. He's yet another guy this mix. And don't forget about Cordell Patterson. They add him as well. So yet another guy that could maybe cut into the specialty kind of change of pace touches of Tariq Cohen. So that's a lot there. That's a crowd there when you look at those three receivers that are returning. Ridley and what he can do. They also added Marvin Hall. They had some moments from the Falcons as well. Later in the draft, after the draft, they signed Emmanuel Hall there out of Missouri. Some people thought he was going to go earlier on day two or even three, but he ends up being signed later. And then you have Tanner Gentry still hanging around, a name that's been familiar there. So it's a very crowded spot for the Bears. So when you look at it, I think Gabriel... And Patterson, these are the guys out of here. We're not thinking too much about them. When you look at Taylor Gabriel, he had his moment as well, but that was pretty much it. You look at 67 catches on 93 targets, 688 yards, and two TDs. You figure that's going to go down more with Montgomery catching some passes, trickle-down effect to Cohen catching a few less passes here, and different guys in the mix like Patterson getting a few grabs. We'll see how they work in uh, Riley Ridley there, but... And part of this is also you're going to have Allen Robinson healthier. You had Taylor Gabriel play all 16, while Allen Robinson was only basically in 12 games. So got hurt in one of them, so didn't play that, that much. And that one, 55 catches on 94 targets for 754 yards and 4 TDs. So, and then you look in relation to that, Anthony Miller actually led the team here in receiving TDs, working out of the slot as a rookie, 7 TDs there, 33 catches, 54 yards, or on, or on 54 targets for 423 yards. So so in a part-time role, he had more TDs than the, the other two guys, and that's going to be the frustrating thing about Bears. The Anthony Miller, is he the number one? Is it Allen Robinson? It's certainly not Gabriel. He wants to be the change of pace along with Cohen and Patterson. So uh, do you go to this team much for value? I think you have to be careful here. I think if Robinson had played a full season, he's going to yield that at least uh, wide receiver three value, maybe wide receiver two if he scored a few more times. So when you factor that all in, there it's really again, hard to trust and maybe overrated to go after one of these wide receivers because they're going to spread the ball around to them. We know that. That's what the distribution says. Uh, I know uh, it was 94 targets for Robinson, but he would have easily led his team with well over 100 if he'd played all games. But Gabriel had 93, pretty healthy there for his limited gadget usage. You figure Miller is going to see some targets. So this could be very even. I don't think this is the kind of offense like the Rams where you feel good about Robinson and Miller and Gabriel doing things. It's just not going to happen. There are too many other mouths to feed and other skill positions there that are notable that it's not going to happen. So I think you still kind of reluctantly feel good about Allen Robinson as a wide receiver three. I think the same goes for Anthony Miller, but Gabriel has to be off your radar. He's just a flash player. We know he had one big game last year and then not much else to show for it. So, again, that's going to be the problem with his Bears offense overall. How much are you going to trust week in and week out? And hopefully we'll get a source of that consistency here. And if anyone is going to give that, it's probably going to be uh, 
Allen Robinson is because we know the history. We know that he can be the true number one. He profiles like that from his days at Jacksonville. He has the biggest season in his past. Well, Miller, I think he'd be solid. I think he's more a PPR player than wide receiver three to me. I know the touchdowns are seven. I don't see him being a massive touchdown guy. Robinson has that in his past, so I feel a little bit more comfortable with that and uh, less comfortable with Gabriel given that Cohen and Patterson are going to cut into what he does, and I think you can write off the other receivers as too deep at this point where when you factor in the other pass catchers on this team that this team can support more than three actual legitimate pass catchers from this position. We look at tight end, and one of those big-time pass catchers that cuts into what Robinson, Miller, and Gabriel and others do will be Trey Burton. He got surgery here in the offseason, but he did play all 16 last year. Did he live up quite to the hype that we expected him breaking away from Zach Ertz in Philadelphia? Not really, but overall he was still a tight end one in this position where there was a lot of struggles. He had 54 catches 70, on 76 targets, 569 yards, and 60 D. So that's definitely in the tight end one range. You figure that he's going to do a little bit more, maybe feel a little healthier, totally comfortable on his new team and offense here in year two, moving away from Philadelphia. So again, another guy that's going to cut into the numbers of everyone else. He had the six TDs there right behind Anthony Miller at seven. So the TDs are going to be spread out rather evenly and consider Cohen out of the backfield at five TDs. If you're David Montgomery will have few. Cordell Patterson might have one. Gabriel might see a few more. So, again, you can't really be touchdown dependent when it comes to the Bears because they're going to find different ways to score. That's what makes their offense kind of dangerous and interesting and makes them such a good winning team. And, you know, with their defense, they can get into games where they're not throwing the ball that much. That's why you had Trubisky only throw for 3,200-some yards there. So when you look at that, that's another thing you have to keep in mind with the distribution of all of these balls, that it's a team that wants to lean towards running, especially if it has a lead. And uh, that's why David Montgomery comes back to him being more appealing here as a runner and receiver in this particular offense. But Trey Burton, again, solid. Again, tight end is not the greatest position at the moment if you're not going after the guys like Ertz or uh, George Kittle or, or Travis Kelsey. You're looking for sleepers in this range and you can put him kind of in that hunter henry range there's uh, some guy that can really give you high tight end one of value now there's many ways you can listen to shows on the locked on a network well one of the easiest ways is when you're driving to or from work or just around town all you have to do is tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked On Fantasy Football, and we'll be right there with you for the drive. And it's easy to do, whether you're at home or on the road, Locked On Network shows are always with you to inform and entertain you and give you all the insight you need, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, college sports, we've got you covered here on the network. We'll be right back here with a final take on the 2019 Chicago Bears going into training camp. All right, uh, we talked a lot about these Bears skill players. Well, we have to talk about the one entity of the Bears that you can't forget about on this one, and they're back. The black and blue monsters of the midway, 
even the units we saw with Lovey Smith having the big plays. The Bears' backbone is defense. You look at them, the principles are still pretty much the same. We have Akeem Hicks there, very disruptive up front. Had a big season last year. Eddie Goldman holding things down at nose tackle. On the next level, you have uh, Khalil Mack, we know, dominating and doing his thing, coming off a major season, first season, Chicago 12 and a half sacks, and that alone is a great reason to go here. Roquan Smith was solid as well, coming in as a rookie. We had He had five sacks, stuffed the stat sheet elsewhere. You've got uh, Danny Trevathan there, who was a stats machine as well, so... You look at the tackles last year, uh, you had 102 tackles and two sacks for him. Roquan had 121 in those five sacks, so there's some individual value there as well. You have Leonard Floyd as well flanking what Khalil Mack does. He had four sacks, so you're not going to get too much individually trickling down there, but Hakeem Hicks, as we mentioned, uh, actually finished second up front. Uh, I think big season, seven and a half sacks from his defensive uh, end spot in the uh, 3-4. So very loaded team, a lot of playmakers, and we didn't even get to the guys in the back there that were awesome. Eddie Jackson was terrific as well at safety. He was maybe the best safety in the league. Kyle Fuller cleaning up in the secondary, still doing that. Now the biggest change here as we look at this or there's really two but one more notable for fantasy football i don't think the other one's going to affect it as much is that you have haha clinton Dix instead of adrian amos back there so adrian amos moves on to the rival packers he actually had a monster individual defensive player season last year 73 tackles one sack there a couple of interceptions so amos was all over the field he wasn't as active as Eddie Jackson who had the six interceptions so he's still back there with the six interceptions a sack 51 tackles there so a lot of playmaking there Hahn Clinton Dix a little bit of a drop off the Bears say he's not and they, they may be right in terms of being complimentary to these other guys especially Fuller and what Eddie Jackson can do there Prince Amu Kamara had a pretty solid season as well there for the Bears. So this is a very good secondary, good pressure package team. So the sacks, turnovers, ideal team for that to happen and help your fantasy team. And still, I think the number one defense, you have to proceed with caution. We've seen in the past that if you lock in a team, say the Jaguars last year, you were feeling good about their dominance in 2017. You wanted to take them last year and you were highly disappointed. They were not close to being the number one fantasy defense well I think the Bears do feel really good even without Vic Fangio they just have too many playmakers in terms of rushing the passer and getting turnovers to where you feel that where the one place they'll be hurt a little bit is they have Buster Screen now instead of Bryce Callahan at Nickelback so they'll probably pick on screen opponents here but plenty of depth here to make up for it they can always swap out Screen, they have a lot of guys in the secondary they can put in. Uh, Sherrick McManus, one of them. So they do have options there to keep from being a liability, but a lot of depth that defensive line, linebacker, and in the secondary here. So good reinforcements are going to be a big time 
defense again for you. Again, just be careful where you draft them. Don't draft them too early, expecting you're going to get exact duplicate production. Because again, touchdowns are the most volatile thing when you look at this. You look at five touchdowns from this uh, unit last year. So again, you can't count on that. But I think the turnovers are fair to look at as a team that a bunch of guys can create turnovers, a bunch of guys can get to the quarterback. That's what you're looking for at team defense and fantasy football. Now, as far as uh, kicking, we know what disaster that was last year with Cody Parkey. Well, they've tried everything. They look at different kickers here in the early part of the offseason. Eddie Pinero, Elliot Fry are now the guys left here in this kicking game. He had... Chris Blewett was the guy, uh, unfortunately named kicker there. So you're not looking for any kicking value from the Bears. Uh, where have you gone, Robbie Gould? That's the question we're going to ask. Uh, certainly not on this team and certainly not a position of trust. So, yeah, defense, we're all in on the Bears as being the number one asset. Kicker, you can just kick it to the curb. Forget about the Bears and that position here. There's just nothing to see here. They're a pretty good red zone team anyway. So, no, you're not looking at uh, anything there related to the special teams except the return game for the Bears. So there you have it. There's a look at the 2019 Chicago Bears, the things you need to know about them going into training camp for fantasy football. So good advanced scouting there. We'll know a lot more, and especially the role of David Montgomery, and if he can take that feature back role and get off the ground running there in 2019 and push his way to a big rookie season for us in fantasy football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you tomorrow with a look at the Detroit Lions and their fantasy football outlook going into camp in 2019.